Good morning. It is a privilege to be here. If you see me rub my nose a little bit, it's itching. I had a cancer took off the thing, and it's itching like crazy. It, they... It's good, good to be here with you. Thank you. I thank you for the support that you give us. We need your help. Uh, among other things, that's one of the reasons can I need it on a possible. We need your help. To do the work, we couldn't do this. Everything you see up here that I do down in South America, I do it because little churches just like this one, some a little smaller, some a little bigger, but they give money to help us to do this. And we appreciate you uh, and we do not take you for granted. Back out in the vestibule, out here, he's, uh, we uh, have some little cards my wife has laid there. You can pick up one of these cards and take it with you and it will give you the... Uh, it will give you the various things that we do. You can see the projects that we have there, the various projects that we have. We, uh, you can follow me on Facebook. You can subscribe to my email and all that thing. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, it, uh, you can find a, a lot of information there. He talked to you about that. So this is just a overview of what we're doing and uh, what God is blessing us with and, and the areas that we need help. What have you? Uh, if you go to my website and the website address, there, you can go and click on the newsletter, and you can sign up for the newsletter. There's a lot of information on my web page where we're going to be, when we're going to be there, that sort of thing. If my wife keeps it up to date, and I think she does most of the time. And then uh, there are always my latest two videos there. Right now, I believe the uh, I can't, the well the November video and the last video I did, which was of our of our April crusade, um, and so those two videos are there right now, and you can go there and look. At this we work in South America, of course. Anybody here that you this is your first time to hear me present? Anybody first time you? Okay, so you've all heard me before. So you know where we're at. We're in South America, uh, and we basically work in Peru, and we work in the northern part of Peru. Come on. Uh, and uh, we have two arms of ministry in South American call. The River Ministry, which is on the Amazon River, and we've just birthed a new soup kitchen there. Last time I was here, we had four soup kitchens. We now have on the verge of having six. We just birthed one here, and there's one on north of here called Chayo, in the area of Chayo, and we're, you'll see just a little about that in a moment. But those are the various uh, things that we're doing. Uh, this is... And we've got a little video here we're going to show you about the ministry that, that went on here. There's amazing things that went on here at this ministry, in this particular one. You're going to see a lady who was demon-possessed, I'm not going to kill the, I'm not going to give you the punchline on it, but you're going to see what happened with her after God delivered her from demon possession. And uh, so here we go with our April 2019 Congresso. Welcome to the village of Quintana, Peru, the site of our April 2019 Congresso. We were about six or seven hours by speedboat north of our base in Pocapo. We were able to stay in a hotel for this congresso and take a 10-minute ride by motorcar to the tabernacle. 
Along the way, we would pass the cemetery, and I would think to myself, I wonder how many of these people were ready to meet Jesus. We had seven services per day. The attendance was great in every service as they gathered to worship and hear the word. Reuben Farrell and Roy Rogers did a fine job of taking care of the kids' ministry, with about 80 of them making decisions for Jesus Christ. Quite a few seemed deeply moved. Getting the physical location set up for our children's ministry is always difficult. Sometimes we're under a tree. This time we were able to use a large tent. Reuben used children's play armor to illustrate Ephesians 6 to them. Did a very good job of teaching the meaning of the whole armor of God. Reuben put a lot of work into this project. He asked several people to bring various pieces of plastic armor for the kids and proceeded to do a great illustration of the biblical meaning. This was his first time to be totally in charge and he did just fine. Jared Engle spent time illustrating to the children that the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse them from all sin. The children responded well to his teaching thanks to all who worked in the children's ministry. They call it adoration, adoration in English, meaning of course to adore. Oh, that everyone would come to the worship service to adore Jesus and listen to the message he sends. They came to adore him. There was powerful praise and worship in the sanctuary, especially in the night services. As always, Giancarlos led the praise and worship. Many of the people who attended this congresso were already Christian. They came to worship him and to hear the messages from God. You did not have to beg them. They were ready to worship. They reached out time and again to adore the one who had saved them and set their feet on the path to eternal life. I had a fantastic group of teachers and preachers. Bishops Greg Cozzi and James McElroy preached the night services as well as preaching during the day. Bishops Chuck King and Eric Hightower taught, preached during the day services. Wendell Redmond and Lou Hoop rounded out the team teaching during the afternoon. Bishop McElroy gave a powerful introduction to the first night service. We are here on a mission from the Lord. We are with you because God has sent us to be here. And we come tonight just as his messengers. Each service you will hear a word from God. Cada servicio vas a escuchar palabra de Dios. Take what you hear and take it back where you're from. The night services were powerful as Causey and McElroy took turns bringing messages from the throne of God. These were not internet sermons or sermons they bought in a book of sermons, but rather messages that they received from God as they interceded and travailed for the word. Listen for a moment as they preach this glorious gospel. Turn away from your sin. And if you repent, if you give your sin up, this same promise, this same glory, this same power is promised unto you and to your children and to your children's children.
Pero Dios no siempre luchará con el hombre. If you wait too late, si esperas demasiado, you will win this night many times over. The altar service is where I measure the success of the Congreso. About two years ago, this lady fell into an altar at Alfonso. She was Catholic and plagued with demon spirits. They had taken her to priests and witch doctors, but of course, they could not help her. She said that God had told her that this was her final chance. That night, she was delivered from the power of the devil and later received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This formerly demon-possessed lady is now the pastor of Rivers of Living Water Church of God in San Martin, near the site of the April Congresso. We have just finished building a church there. During the Congresso, I took several people with me and dedicated a new facility. Eight people were saved during the dedication service. She said our coming to help them with the new building showed her that God cared about them. Miracles are happening in the ministry of South American Call. Great things happen in the altar services. This was camp meeting. The Holy Ghost was ministering in the altars, not just to new converts, but to those who already knew him as Lord. Their faces tell the story. Tears flowed as the word of God broke them and prepared them to be all they can be for Jesus. Ninety-nine people received Jesus as Lord. Twenty-six villages were represented. Seventeen pastors and twenty leaders attended. In total, at least 460 people attended the Congresso. To God be the glory and the honor and the praise for it all. Continue to produce uh, things now. The second, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, several pastors to prepare for the June be leaving here the 23rd I believe it is uh, and uh, I'll be back uh, then going down to do a congresso we have to prepare for those congressos down there uh, my lead man Jose has already taken a crew and went out to the churches then these pastors and visit the, church, the villages again to pull a crowd, a congregation of people in that need to hear what God has to say. And so we continue to do the congressos. We continue to do the, the school of Christ uh, and to teach the word. We have put a lot of the word of God into that stretch of the Amazon River since we've been there. Producing fruit and good things are happening. We're proud of that. The other arm of ministry, of course, is our soup kitchens. We have uh, five soup kitchens, and the sixth one's coming on north of here. Uh, Chow, uh, five here, and one in uh, Pucapa that just came on board. Uh, a lot of these kids in the soup kitchen are kids that prostitutes had and just threw away. Didn't want them. And, uh, and they band together, and get them a little place where they can live, maybe under a house or in an old abandoned shack of some sort or whatever. And they live. Uh, we have gone out and got some of those kids and we have a soup kitchen there. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to serve. So uh, uh, you're going to see a picture just a moment here. Here we go. Uh, this is the sixth soup kitchen that's coming on right here. Uh, and it's in a place called Chao. 
This is my lead lady in the, in the children's ministry now. She is really doing a good job. She just got back from doing ministry with the kids, her and her husband, her son, and a couple more people. And she had 50-something people say the town drunk and in one place and, uh, and dope had saved. I was thrilled that they got saved because they were hard to deal with. Uh, so people are getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. This lady right here gave us the land to build the church slash just free of charge and I put $7,200 into it I believe to build it and they're building it strictly mechanization. There's no electricity. There's no running. That's what we're doing. And the soup kitchen helps us to reach the just uh, to feed the And of course we feed with the word. Uh, Tammy uh, Owens, this lady here, uh, uh, texted me, got the money appropriated where they're doing the uh, scriptural, uh, the scripture memorization. We have a program down there called uh, Out of all of this. So we teach them that memorizing the word of God will make them what they are. And so we have people down there that have memorized hundreds and hundreds, over 700 verses of scripture, young people there that got into it, begin to memorize. Kitchens come last year. I've got six, 180 kids that we feed every day with a word and what have you. So you pray for us. This is the, these expenses is the reason I come here. It's the reason I go to all these churches is to try to get people to help me to do what needs to be done here. One of these soup kitchens will in this. This is the uh, video from last November, our Christmas video. Uh, and uh, we go down and buy them all clothes and shoes and what have you. Well, eventually it will go, surely. Just keep punching. This is Chimbote the largest fishing port in Peru. It has more than 30 fish factories producing thousands of tons of fish meal from the anchovies they catch. In total, there are about 1,000 industrial boats that come from all over the region to offload their fish. The fish meal is sold all over the world and used to feed livestock, poultry, and pigs. Mining, fishing, and tourism are the top three industries here, and yet, there is great poverty and spiritual darkness. Our four soup kitchens perform a vital service. 120 kids are taught about Jesus and receive a hot, nutritious meal daily. Without South American Call, these kids would be hungry and lacking in the knowledge of Jesus. Noelia is seen here in one of the homes. So uh, this is Darwin, and this is Ryan. They both go to a soup kitchen that we support, and I asked them 
do they like it? And they said, yes, we do. We like it a lot. I said, what do you do there? They said, oh, we eat. And we have classes about God. And I said, well, what would happen if you didn't go to the soup kitchens? They said, we'd die of hunger. So... Slums as far as you can see. daughter Gretchen and Gretchen was uh, just a baby when she mama started going there and Gretchen says they teach her about the Lord they teach her how to pray and uh, ultimately that's what's going to help her in the long run Give us Have you ever seen a finer crew of gift bag technicians in your life? They bought lots of stuff, we bought more stuff, and every kid received a great gift bag. Candy, apples, oranges, and toys, great thrills for kids. In the kid's mind, this is the main event, shopping. This is what keeps them awake for several nights before we get there. They're always so excited just to be able to pick out their very own pants, shirts, underwear, socks, and shoes probably their only new clothes for the entire year. The smiles say it all. I spent $9,000 on those four shopping sprees. I love it when a plan comes together. Let us not forget the food and parties. These kids love to eat and many of them haven't had much practice. But for two nights, we gave them more food than most of them could hold. I love it. No crying because of hunger after these parties. Wood roasted chicken, fried potatoes, salad, coke, and the traditional overindulgence of ice cream and chocolate cake. Many of these kids have no hunger. Many of their parents just can't make ends meet. Never enough money for food or clothes. But tonight, they are eating their fill, and the new clothes will be presented momentarily. Our team helped in the serving of the food. I believe that among these kids, there are future preachers, teachers, prayer warriors, pastors, evangelists, and much more and my team had the honor of serving them. God is good. Pastor Hightower ministered to the children by using balloons. The black balloon you see there represents our hearts before they're washed in the blood of Jesus. Ever see a kid that didn't like balloons? Me either. They loved it and they learned. At the end of the day, the children received all of their stuff, full change of clothes and shoes, school supplies, so that they can get into the public school, the treat bags, and other stuff. They're asked to take a large bag and walk down the line to receive their stuff. After everybody has their stuff, they open the big bags together. That is a lot of fun.
On Saturday morning, just before leaving for Lima, Tammy stepped into the pulpit with a message from God. This would be our last contact with him. Listen to a short clip of her ministry under the mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit. Congressos, it cost me ten or twelve thousand apiece. Register fund three to five. Chlorine generators run about a piece. We need help with salary. For Jose somewhere around two thousand. Uh, our soup kitchen needs kitchens now $75 per child for one child for one month $25 that's what just to feed a child for one month is $25 to touch Jesus with your permission I'd like to preach for just a few minutes I hope it turns out that way I'd like to read with you, if you would, Matthew 14 and 36. Paul said, and besought our that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as it touched were made perfectly whole. The Amplified said they were perfectly restored. Come with me to the darkness of our beginnings. Genesis 1 and 1 said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. It's so humorous to me to hear people talk about evolution and the world just happening to come into existence. Evolution is for people who aren't thinking straight. There is no such thing as evolution. I realize animals change, but they do not change. You, you know, I, I go to an airport sometime and I see a big 747 
sitting there at the airport. Humongous airplane. It never dawns on my mind that that plane just happened. I walk down the beach and I find a watch laying there. It never dawns that watch just happened. It just isn't that way. God created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 1, we see the the said that it was without form. I, 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 every time I get this place in this sermon, I grapple for a way to describe that. The only way I can describe it is this big swirling mass of blackness that was what was there. And the Bible said that Jesus Christ, we get that out of John 1, of Jesus made this thing. All things were made by him, of course. And that Jesus Christ, God the Son, began to speak to that big swirling mass of nothingness and it began to take form. Every once in a while when I'm driving down the road in the mountains, Pastor, and I see these big places where they've cut out for a road, you know, and you see those rocks. And you think about all of that that happened. There's one place we go by once in a while, me and my wife, that a molten piece of lava laid out and then it just sort of curved. And you think about the massive power that was there in all of that. It did not happen by accident. But Jesus Christ, at the direction of the Father, created all that is here. Does anybody here believe that Jesus lives in your heart? I said, does anybody here believe that Jesus lives in your heart? Say it again. And so, if that is the person that lives in your heart, maybe we ought to know him better. Because he has the power to do all things. He can do anything. He created this world. Listen to this. He created the dinosaurs. He created the elephants. He created the whales. But he also created those little creatures so tiny. Until you have to have a microscope to see them. He created our bodies possibly the most complicated thing in this world. How anybody thinks this could just have happened is beyond what happen. God raked together the dust of the earth and formed it into a living being and he breathed on us and we became life. You see, if you are going to touch God at some point in your life, you must know who he is. Every one of us either have or are going to have both, probably both times when everything is totally there are needs that we cannot express and there's things that nobody can help us with and we need to touch him badly. There's emergency that arises in our life and we need to touch him. We need to touch him. We need him to touch us. May I tell you that touch him, you must know who he is and what he is. 
I think about all that that happened back in the garden. How wonderful. And this place. Wonderful. And is bad about blowing it. All you got to do to know that is to look at all these people that get fabulously wealthy. Most of the time they blow it. We're going to we're going to struggle. But if we truly know him, when that time arises, that we have needs that we don't know how to deal with, we can turn. Turn with me to Isaiah. 53. I'm sure you've all read this many times. I want us to take a look at his essence here because it really does some descriptive work about Jesus here that is really important uh, and it really, uh, it really helps us to understand who he is. Verse two said, shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. We shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. Real often I see pictures that's been painted of Jesus. Nobody knows what he looks like. But they always handsome man. He wasn't. The Bible says he wasn't. Not to eye in your eyes. He was just a man. We're not in love with him because of what he looks like. We're in love with him because of who he is, what he can He is despised and rejected of, of men. Thought I would see a time in life that news or to read the news. I, I don't argue that I voted Democrat myself many years ago, but the last Democratic convention, they actually stood up and booed God. It's on record. Go look at it. Here in America, there is a great, and Hollywood is a mass of, of, of people that hate God, hate having any control over their lives. They're God haters, and He is despised. Acquainted with grief, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath sorrows. We did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for when they dropped in his hand to side, and the blood came forth. That was for me and you. He cried until his, and prayed until his sweat became his great drops of blood, it said. Why? Because he dreaded what he had to go through. It was an awful thing, but he did. The Bible said he could have called 10,000 angels, and I believe that. He said, transgressions bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement, our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his way, and the Lord has the iniquity of a we see a description here of this man called Jesus. I have dedicated my life to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, just like your pastor. I do it in one way, he does it in another way. There's no big eyes and little U's in this thing. We're all in this together. If we love Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, then we're all in this together. It doesn't matter how big your church is, how little your church is. I've got friends that have ministries that make mine looks like nothing. But God called me to do what I'm doing. God and he is my With me to his birth. You see, what I want to do this morning is to make you focus in on who he is. And if I've done my job, you will go home and you will get your Bible out and you will read about him some more and see who he is because it is when you know who he is and what he is that he becomes available to you for eternal life and help in this present world. And you say amen. amen. He was born of It was an impossibility. When the angel came to Mary, she said, but I've never known a man. He said, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. My God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. These weren't angels with wings. These were created beings of God that didn't need wings to fly. They simply levitated in the air and told the story of Jesus Christ. And they didn't go to the queens of that day, the lowest of the low, the little. You see Jesus associated with a shepherd type thing in the Bible. They could, that's where they went. Little shepherd boys. I was in Israel. Have you been to Israel, Pastor? You already go sometime. I was in Israel several years ago and, and I've always been thankful that I went. And one of the things that I remember the most was the bus driver stopped and let us talk to a little shepherd boy. They still have shepherd boys over there just like they did many years ago. I don't know if it's just for the tourists or what, but he was there. <laughs> but that little shepherd boy, a stir life. He lives a life of poverty. He wanders around out in the meadows leading the sheep and feeding them. And it was to this lowest of the low that he made his initial announcement. My God, I'm talking about this God, who he is, that you say lives in your heart. But when he was birthed to a woman who had never known a man, and they laid him in a feed. He should have been laid in silk and fine linens and soft clothes, but he wasn't. He was laid in the feed trough. Wise men came from afar off to see this Christ child from afar off. They saw his star. Now they didn't see him there where he was born. They saw him a little later on if you'll read the scriptures. But they came to see the Christ child. Wise men still seek Jesus Christ. 
You show me a man that doesn't want to know Jesus Christ and I'll show you a man who has no wisdom because wisdom makes you understand and look up that this cannot just have happened. This didn't just happen. This world didn't just come into being. But there was a man who spoke uh, and the sea had to go over here and the land had to go over here and the trees and the herbs and all of were created by Jesus Christ. Wisdom tells us this did not happen. By there must be somewhere. Somebody lift your hand and him. Hallelujah. Out on the sea one day, been there. And uh, out on the Sea of Galilee, a storm can come up very quickly. The Sea of Galilee. By the way, they have a saying over there that God, that, Jesus, that God created the world for everybody else but created the area of Galilee for himself and he loved it. That's what they say. There's something haunting about there. When I was there staying there on the Dead Sea, I got up early that morning, took my video camera and went out and recorded my thoughts as the sun came up that morning. It's pretty much as it was when he was there very little has changed uh, since he was there. Mountains that surround this sea have cold air in the tops of them. And that cold air will break loose and come down into that warm moist air and you have a great storm. And it was one such storm that arose here. And they came to Jesus <clears throat> this, we can lay back here and sleep while we all stood up and told the waves to lay down. With all of our technology today and all of our power, nobody can say to the ocean, lay down. Nobody can say it. But he did. He didn't need a TV. He didn't need a need a computer because he came from the Father. He said he considered himself, uh, it's okay to be equal with God. He considered it not robbery. He was God's son. He will always needed nothing else. I want you to know who this man is that you say live. The mouth of somebody and said, well, I, I have Jesus living inside me. I have Jesus the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and through the Holy Spirit, he lives within me. I heard his pastor two or three times reference the Lord speaking to him. Imagine that. That. speaks to me sometimes. Sometimes he speaks to me and I don't know it. What are you saying, preacher? Sometimes he's directing me to show up in places that I didn't know I was supposed to be. Pastor, you've done that. This Jesus that is in here is real. He is very, very real. He has the power. Turn with me to Matthew 14, if you would. There's a very sad story here in Matthew 14 that I want to talk to you just a little bit about, about our Lord. Because you see, there was this horrible, 
sorry, low down woman that hated John the Baptist back over in 13. The wife of Herod, he had taken her unlawfully. John had told him, it's not right for you to have her. And she hated him with a passion. And she encouraged her daughter to dance before the king and request. I don't want to spend any excess time there, but think about this. Think about this mother of this child as she walks into the mother's room with John's head bloody and severed from his body on this platter. That's not beautiful. This is the awfulness of sin. And the ugliness of sin in our world. We're ripping and tearing our children out of the bellies of our moms. They scream silently inside the womb. Thousands and thousands of babies are being torn apart. It's no different. Now that some of the places they're saying that even if you're having an abortion and the baby is born alive and healthy, you can still kill that child if you want to. We're living in the midst of a Jesus is needed in this world today. Women marrying women, men wearing men. Long ago, somebody married an animal. I'm not surprised. But may I tell you, this that lives in me is saddened and sickened by it. He still has power. Can you say amen? He is real and he has principles that we must live by. And here you see the results of sin as this girl brings this head to him. When Jesus heard about it, it made him sad. He said, I think I'll go by myself somewhere. You see, even the son feels sorrow, feels at her He departed another place, but thousands of people followed him. There's, th there's millions of people following him today. Did you know Christian, Christianity is the most persecuted religion in the world today? Did you know thousands are being killed for their Christian faith? Do you know that? You say he lives inside of you. Did you know if the world continues, the United States continues the way it's going, there will be a day that you will not be able to mention the name of Jesus in public? That's what the Muslims will bring to us. They're making statements right now that they're going to take us over and you will not have it. We better get up off of it and begin to exercise our faith in Jesus Christ and begin to think about the sin of this world that's disgusting to Jesus and will destroy our nation. Amen. It's very real. He spoke to them because they wanted to hear him. He was there doing whatever they needed him to do. Although he was tired and hurting there in chapter home can't feed well we got a few little loaves and fishes bring them to me I'm talking about this man I'm talking about this man this morning that you said lived in your heart 
I want you to know who he is that's living in there. I want you to be more than you've ever been of how great he is, that he has all power, and he can do all things. You need to know who this is about lives in your life. See him. I was there where he did that, Pastor. He's breaking the bread, and the, it just keeps growing in his hand. He keeps breaking it. And he's fed about 20,000 people. 5,000 men, there's going to be 5,000 women hanging around a bunch of kids. <laughs> yep. That's just the way that sort of thing happens. Okay, so he feeds. You hear me today. This is the one you say lives in. Who are you? My name is Legion, for we are many. I want you to notice something here. Maybe nobody's pointed this out to you before. I'm an old man. I get a real thrill out of pointing something out to you that you never pointed out before. But let me tell you Do you realize I love what the demon said? When he told them to leave, they had to get permission before they could leave. They had to ask where they could go. They couldn't leave until he told them where. He had total 100% Spirits. That young lady that you saw there in that video, they had taken her to shamans, witch doctors, and they couldn't help her. They had taken her to the priest, the priest couldn't help her. That night the Lord spoke to her and said, This is your last chance. She fell in the altar, weeping and praying, and as Brother McElroy from Mississippi preached the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He saved her. The Holy Ghost, the demons were gone. It was all gone. And now she's pastor of the church. This is the man that you saw me live. He did that. Some they praise the Lord. And he walked forth, still bound in his bedclothes. The widow woman. Stop the funeral procession. Son, get up. You, your mama needs you. I'm talking about this man that you say, you told me, lives in here. Somebody say, praise the Lord. not a problem, blind men. Uh, in Matthew 9, the woman with it. My God, what a I tell you Ishra blood knew who he was. To touch him, you got to know the man on the, on the cross, one of them knew him. He said, he ain't done anything wrong. Leave him alone. 
And he looked over at Jesus and said, I know who you are. That's, that's Joe's interpretation. That's what he said. He said, and there was that meaning. I know where you're going when you, go, when you die. This man had read the word. He knew what the, what the apostles had said. He, apostles, but what the old prophets had wrote. And he knew who this was. Jesus said that I shall be with me in paradise. You can't do anything for me. You're getting ready to die. You're worthless, but I love you. I'm going to take you to heaven with me. Let me hurry along here. He was reached out to him and he adultery. He told her, go thy way and sin no more. We see David son of Bathsheba at the point of death in God. And they said, why did you do that before he died? He said, because I know who he is. I know he's a God of mercy. And at any time, he could have said to me, your son's gonna live. He is a God. In the court, as they judged him unfairly. See him with the stripes being. Carrying his cross. And see him as he died. Gave up the ghost and looked up to father and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They really didn't. They didn't understand. But he said, forgive them. I believe God forgave them. Oh, yes, I do. My God, I never thought about that before. How could God refuse to forgive when his only son is dying on the cross, shedding the blood for him? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. That's the same Jesus that you're telling me lives in here. Resurrection. That he really showed us who he is. Lay this life down, I have power to take it up. He said, kill, he said, tear down this temple in three days, I'll rebuild it. The don't have time to get to. But he can be there. I think about the But Brother Rice, overseer, you remember Brother Rice. Brother Rice went into this hospital to see this driver that had hit this bridge abutment. His head was burned. And he said he went into talked to him and this guy was a guy that had run from preaching for years. He called him to preach the gospel and he wouldn't do it. He was in, down in Mississippi. Long hills are in Mississippi and they got them things down there very good shape. And as he, in the big 18-wheeler and top of this hill and down to the bottom, he saw a wood truck pull out into his lane and the motor stalled. He said he frantically could see, I'm talking about knowing this man, listen to me. He said he frantically could see, he could, frantically trying to get the 
truck started, but it wouldn't start. He said, every one of them. And just before he got there, he averted and hit the bridge judgment. He said, where? He said, I was down there wallowing my head in a mud puddle. Fire. But he said, just before I hit, he said, I said, Jesus, help me. And he said, before I hit that bridge abutment, Jesus cleansed me afresh and anew and brought me back into harmony with him because of who he is. But this man knew him. He knew him. You've got to know him. How do you know him? How do you get to know him like Bible and pray and never know him. There are many don't you get to know who he is when you're in a Bible centered church hearing the word of God worshiping him don't trust any preacher's Go home and check it in your Bible. I went to one church, Pastor. I had to give the people permission to believe the Bible. Oh, yes. The pastor there had them convinced that there were, that the Bible didn't even list. He treated them like dogs. Tell you, if you live, it don't make any difference what any other man. You live by what the Word of God says. When I preach it, check it in the Word. When your pastor school teacher you look at and check it in your word eternal salvation that is at stake if you want to be able to touch him in a time of crisis you need to know you need to be familiar with him on a daily basis you need to know who he is you need to know who he is you need to know that he lives. This is something that the Lord's given me to preach and I've preached it several times. And I'm glad I preached it here this morning. I'm not trying to tell you that I'm smarter than you, that I know more than you, or that I'm any big person. I'm telling you that God gave me a message to preach, to tell you that if you need him in a time in an emergency, you need to already know who he is. You miss a day without prayer, you know him less. You hit a day without reading your Bible, you know him less. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to worship God. Do what the Bible says. You need to live like he said. And in all of this, you get to know him. I've been living my wife for over 50 years now. I know her pretty good. We say things to one another that just indicates that I know her like a book. My wife hates to cook. We're going to week and we're going up. We're going out to this remote place. There's a cabin and there's a chance we may have to cook. I've all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that would ruin her vacation. Now she cooks for me at home, don't get me wrong, but she hates it. Now she likes cleaning the house. If you're ever at my house and you're eating, hold on to your plate, she'll wash it before you get through eating. <laughs> That's a fact, I've had her to do it. Well, I'm not through yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I know what she likes. I know that she likes blizzards. I know which one she likes. I know she I know what to bring her when I've messed up a little bit. Every once in a while I bring her a dozen roses just in case. We know each other, okay? You know why? Come here, baby. Come here. Catch my hand here, hon. You know why we know each other? Because we've done this for years. Years. We've walked together. Somebody lift your hand and praise him. Somebody, are you, do you see where I'm going? Do you see where I'm going? Walk with him daily. You get to know him so that it's, you know, it's a daily reaction. On these trips that I do, Pastor, I usually have five or six emergencies on every one of these big trips that I do where it's over. I've got to where I pay much attention to it. God out. I was in a I was in a boat coming out of uh, on the Amazon River. We just had a good crusade there, and as we were leaving, the pirates are waiting. They're waiting to rob you. We took on some extra guns. A couple of guards headed out. I had a preacher with me, he was really a good guy, and he looked over at me and he said, Pastor, are you nervous? And I said, no, sir, I'm not. I said, you don't need to be down here with somebody that is. You don't need a pastor that's not acquainted with God. You school teacher is not acquainted with God. You don't need a church that's not. You need to be acquainted with God and you need to be walking with him daily. And then when that emerges, let me tell you one more thing. Several years ago, how long before, since I broke my leg? 10 years, 12? 10, 12 years ago, maybe before I met y'all, I don't know. 10, 12 years ago, I was in uh, Chambote, Peru. And we were doing a crusade out in this park beside a photographer for years. You see my photography on Facebook. And I decided to go up in this building so I could shoot of the crusade set up against that fleet. You remember seeing all those boats out there? That fleet was sitting out there and I wanted a picture of all that. I've gone up high for years shooting, shooting the camera. I was on the third floor of this building onto a board that I thought was would hold me and I fell through that floor. There was another hole on the floor. The third floor shattered my left leg. Broke both hips. Bone sticking out of my left leg. Had a Which I did just almost in. I, I was knocked out for just a second. I came to. I really could not move my left leg. And I said, oh my God, 
what has come, what, I, what has come, what I have feared the most has come up, fixing to be taken to a third world hospital. I had no choice. They put me in an ambulance or something of that sort and took me to the hospital. When I got that hospital, it looked like something that you had here back in the 80s, 18, I mean in the 1800s. Horrible looking hospital. What was it for me, Pastor? There was an American trained English speaking doctor waiting to put me together. He looked at me and said, sir, I'm not gonna let you lose your leg. I'm fixing to patch you up and send you home. I walk three miles a day in, in that leg. Can you say praise the Lord? I did get acquainted with him. He spoke a word of peace to me, Pastor. Now don't make fun of this, okay? But I'm laying there on my back and my left leg won't move, but my right leg was moving just fine. And something came to me to say, oh God, I can still do my work down here because I can use crutches if I got one leg. That's Jesus talking through me. You see, he's got a work for me to do. I told him I and give me the health right now. I've got both. You people are helping me. I need you to help me more. I thank you for being here. Know him. Know Get to know him on a daily basis. Pray, read your Bible, be in church regularly, listen to your pastor when he preaches. And get to know him because one day something's going to happen and you're not going to have time to get to know him. You're going to just need to speak to him. God bless you is my prayer.